Welcome the founder and host of BuddyCast, Nick Sorensen. As the curtain rises up, it is another episode of BuddyCast. I'm your host, Nick Sorensen. Thank you for joining us on this Monday night. And joining me today is a special guest. If you have seen our uh, most recent Buddy Aid, we did this in honor of him and honor of his wonderful theater, my buddy, Dwayne Jackson. How you doing today, buddy? Fantastic. How are you tonight, Nick? Oh, I couldn't be happier. It's BuddyCast. I've got a new buddy on the show. It's all great. And I'm happy. It makes for a great night. Yes. And I'm so happy we got to do our last Buddy 8 for you. I'm so honored. Did you ever find out the total by chance? Well, it was not as much as you'd hoped for, but uh, I think we did about $125. Oh, wow. That's a lot better yeah. than what you initially told. Initially, you told me it was like 80-something. That's, right. That's I'm right. Glad broke, yep. I'm glad we broke triple digits, at least. That's it. That's it. You bet. Yes. It was, and it I, was fun to do, and uh, so we were glad to be a part of it. And as I always say on the show, every little bit helps. That's right. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Now, you own the Wichita Theater in Wichita, Texas. So I got to ask, how did that all begin? How did you end up just... Only in a theater one day. Well, it didn't come by accident and it didn't mm-hmm. come by choice. Uh, we were actually in Branson, Missouri on a family vacation. And uh, we had the opportunity to experience live entertainment uh, there. And we, I just had this vision while in town that uh, Wichita Falls needed family entertainment like that. And we headed home. I was afraid to tell my wife about the idea. Uh, but she didn't, uh, throw me out of the van on the way home and <laughs> we came back and, uh, we actually had an art gallery at the time. And, uh-huh. uh, once we got home, we started looking for a place to house the venue. And, uh, we looked all over the place, looked in warehouses and looked in others. And little did we think about the little theater that, uh, was just around the corner from where our art gallery was that had been, uh, boarded up basically for the last, uh, 15 years. And we start, came in and bought the building and then wondered, what have we got ourselves into? <laughs> that's and that's kind of how it all came about. That's usually the way it goes. That's usually, but that's what makes the perfect remedy for a dream. Whenever Absolutely. You, whenever you start out with the initial question, okay, what did we just get ourselves into? Like, what have we done here? That's so true. Mm-hmm. So true. As uh, we got started uh, tearing things out and looking at uh, what we were going to do, from that point forward, it was just a little bit scary. Mm-hmm. But it's all about, that's all about faith, you know? It's all about right. just holding on to that faith that you know it's going to work out. You know it's going to make your dream out of it. Well, when you're at peace with it and you feel like that's what you're supposed to do, then it makes it a lot easier. 100%. So yeah. I got I to ask, what was the first show you ever put on? Oh, my goodness. Um we started by doing a what we called a Branson-style country music gospel comedy show, um, and that was done every Saturday night and for five years. And then we just kind of toyed with some different things. Uh, we rented the space out. We brought in some concerts. Uh, but the real first major production that we ever did was Peter Pan, uh, of all things. It's ironic. It was mm-hmm. Peter Pan live in 2003. Mm-hmm. And uh, then we just, we played with it. It was successful. Came back uh, a little bit later and uh, did uh, Alice in Wonderland a year later. Ooh. And in 2006 is when we really launched, uh, as we know, our Broadway show series uh, as of today. Uh, we started with uh, none other than Beauty and the Beast. Nice. I love that show. It is. It's amazing. And everybody around here, uh, always makes fun of me because are we going to do Beauty and the Beast again this year? <laughs> and I said, well, 
you know what? It's on the list. It may mm-hmm. be done. I think we've done it like six times in the last uh, 12 years. So it may, nice. may come up again. Nice. Now, one of my favorite shows is Jesus Christ Superstar. That was one of the first plays I was ever in. Oh, really? In my high school. Have you ever put on that show? We have not done Jesus Christ Superstar. Our uh, neighboring theater down the street has, uh, mm-hmm. but we just have not ever done it. Mm-hmm. We've done Joseph and the Technicolor Dreamcoat, but Ooh. we've not done Jesus Christ Superstar. I love the song. I love the song. Um, the song where he's singing about the color. He's singing about the colors of his coat. Yeah, like it was red and yellow and green. Yep. And all that. That one. It, it, it's. Uh, yes. Yeah. yeah. It's. It's a good show. It's a oh, good show to put on and a fun show to watch. Most definitely. So I got to ask, what shows are you currently working on? I know, you know, with pandemic and everything, it's kind of slowed things down. But I, you and me were chatting beforehand and you mentioned some shows. Right. We, uh, of course, with the pandemic, we um, we started last year. We cast, uh, we got a couple of shows in before we were shut down. And uh, but we had cast Titanic. Uh, and it was supposed to go up in April. We tried again in July, then it got shut down again, and we got it out actually on the stage in August. We got two weekends out of it before they shut it back down. And then we did Disney's Moana, which was a lot of fun with our youth uh, for four weekends in October, very safely. We call it safe seating. Uh, We got that done. uh, And then uh, the last show that we had cast last year before the pandemic, was a show that just went up this last Friday night, uh, Matilda the Musical. Ooh. And uh, so it is an incredible production, about 45 cast members. And uh, yeah, we, we were sold out. People were ready to get back at it. So we were sold out two of the four shows we did this weekend. Beautiful. I know I am dying to get back to just a live theater of some sort, like just a night out, you know, just taking my girlfriend and going, hey, let's go down to our local playhouse. They're putting on, you know, whatever show they're putting on and just let's enjoy the evening. Let's dress up, have a nice night. We'll go out to the fun dinner. You know, that's one thing. Yeah, it, it's, it's time. You know, yes. we've all, we've all ordered enough online. We've all watched all the Disney, the Netflix can't keep uh, enough productions to, to fill our binging needs. So it's time to, to experience life once again. Yes. So Tell us more about Matilda. I know I've actually got a quick, funny story for you. When I was young, I watched Matilda, like when I was like three or four or something like that. Yeah. And my mom tells this to everyone that comes over for dinner that I used to take like one of these old, like small wicker chairs, take my stuffed animals with duct tape and just wrap them in there and say, no one touches them. They're in the chokey. Oh, yes. Yes. Yeah, it, it's a it's a very very fun show. We've uh, uh, our cast is uh, as I tell the audience before the show. Our cast, when it was cast, they were all children, or at least a lot of the kids that were in the show are supposed to be. But now they're young adults. After a year, they've all grown a foot. And uh, the I honestly had never seen the show. I never saw the movie. Uh, to my knowledge, our kids didn't see the movie. But uh, we cast it. I kept having everybody say, we have to do this show. And I don't normally go on other people's word. uh, But this time I said, "Okay, I'll go with you on it. And we did. And uh, uh, it is high energy. It's got a lot of comedy in it. And it's just one you got to see. Yes. Yes. So let's let's talk about because you mentioned, you know, shows getting you know, going for a show and then having it get closed down, going for a show, mm-hmm. having it closed down. How else has the pandemic really just struck in you? Cause I know it's played a huge impact on the theater industry. Right. Like the theater industry is one of the most hard hit places out of, out of all the things that the pandemic has caused. Yeah. What's, yeah. How has it affected you personally? Like, well, you know, we can talk about all the negatives, uh, <laughs> you know, the, the, the cash flow, the having to borrow money to go into debt just to try to keep the doors open. Um, the Everybody's sitting around, not getting to do anything. A year of talent that has not had a chance to get developed. But for us, we've had an opportunity to really rethink what we're doing. You know, why do we do what we do? Uh, how are we going to get to the next step? Uh, I've described to our patrons 
and some of the folks around Wichita Falls that, you know, for 26 years is how long we've been going here. We've been on a, like a ski slope and that with never plateauing, that you never have a chance to slow down long enough to plan for really what you're wanting to do. You just kind of get involved in, uh, in what you're doing and you just keep, keep going. And sometimes what you're, you, the way you keep going, you should stop, you know, you can, mm-hmm. should go, I don't think that's the route we should be going or we need to change that. And so the pandemic gave us the opportunity to rethink our business strategy, to rethink our planning. And I think also to give people a little bit more appreciation for what they've had mm-hmm. and they're, have missed. And uh, there'll be a lot of new changes, but I think one of those changes coming out of the pandemic is I believe our audiences are going to be more loyal. They're going to be more willing to come out. uh, And I think they're going to be more willing to support the local venues as opposed to having to always drive to the metropolitan areas and see the, uh, the mega shows. So those are the, you know, positives and negatives of the pandemic. 100%. Like I told you before, I am just, dying just to you know just have a night out at the theater so but what are your now let's go on to some positives you mentioned some things like how it's brought a lot of positivity into your world like how it's you know you've got to keep going but at the same time you've gotten to just stop take a breather and just go okay how are we what are, what's our game plan here right what, is your, what are your hopes and your plans after let's say everything clears up everything you know governors open states up and say you know mm-hmm. you can have enough people in the theater to where it's not 100 percent back to normal but pretty close you know like it's like a sliver off let's say yeah like when enough you, to pay your bills mm-hmm. yes yeah. exactly like that exactly you know i think for us it's i think the changes for us are going to be such that we have learned to uh, really emphasize single shows instead of trying to put together this massive season of shows um, that allows us to focus show by show. Uh, sometimes we get caught up on, we've got this show on the stage, we've got another one coming up in four weeks, we got to get started in it. Uh, we don't do everything to promote one show before we go on to the next. Um, we actually have two full-time venues uh, and we've got a third one that we're going to be adding uh, in the future here on our property. We have a dinner theater uh, that has been closed down since February of last year. And we've got a new one within our facility that will be a small intimate uh, dinner, not uh, snack stage um, and that sort. And, but we're, we've, we've learned to take them slow. And so when we introduce something, we're going to try to take it and go bigger with it uh, and make it more prominent. And uh, instead of rushing, you know, the product to uh, to the shelves, if you may. So Mm -hmm. those are some of the changes we're going to make. Nice. Nice. Now, you know, what shows do you hope to put on once the pandemic starts? And I got to ask, what are some shows on your bucket list that you really just to one day produce? There's uh, there's some shows that we have always wanted to do, and uh, Broadway just the owners of the shows just won't let them go. Uh, I would feel my career has been com- complete. I could close the doors at least from on my career, and I would go retire and be happy if we could do shows like Wicked, if we could do Phantom of the Opera. Mm-hmm. And I'm really waiting for the greatest showman to come out uh, that someday they have to let us have those shows. I, I would, would not, you know, I don't know what Broadway's going to do. Broadway may say, you know what, we've, we've milked every nickel we can out of uh, everyone. Um, so maybe they'll let go of those shows, but those are the ones for, on my bucket list. That's amazing. And you named some great ones. I love watching fan of the opera my mother loves loves wicked before i think it was 2018 or 2019 she and my dad went to nyc and saw the live performance and the entire ride back that's all they listened to yeah and the greatest showman it's one of my favorite movies it's one of it, it is 
Yes. It, it was written for the stage and uh, it needs to be here. I haven't, you know, I haven't heard any word on it, but uh, uh, another one we have done though, that people said, there's no way you can do that in a small venue. And we have successfully done Cats, the musical mm. uh, that uh, people have watched. They've seen the national tour. They've seen it on Broadway and they've said, this is as good as anything that they had ever seen. And, mm. Uh, mm. but it's, it's not an easy show to produce, but if you can do it right, it's very impactful. But yeah, those other shows are important. Mm -hmm. We have a question from the audience. Has the community been supporting you during this pandemic? You know, uh, we did not go to the community. It's one of those things you have to kind of plan towards and say, you know, fundraising is something you, you work in advance on. And we were in one of those situations that you kept thinking you're going to be out back on the stage by this time or by that time. And so we didn't go to the community a whole lot asking for help uh, early on. But then when we got to January and uh, we knew that, you know, it was it was either going to have to be the community to come through for us to help or we were going to have to shut the doors. When we got that message out, they came through fantastically and uh, uh, it's going to make a huge difference uh, in how we're able to do things this year. Mm -hmm. That brings me to my next question, which is talking about the importance of the community. You touched on it just now. Yeah. How much do you value that community that you have right now? You know, we break our community down on two sides. One is the stage and actors and families side. And then the other side is the actual patrons. And, uh, you know, the, the, from the actors end, obviously, as I tell everybody, we can't, we can't present shows without the actors and we can't pay for the shows without the audience. And so we have to treat those on a very equal basis. And uh, the actors, we're a very community minded act, actor base so that we've got parents and families and kids and brothers and sisters. We have family units that will perform. Uh, I saw Melissa Harrow chime in here a while ago, Melissa and her family, uh, are behind the scenes or on stage. Uh, yes. Hello, Melissa. And, uh, every, they, the husband and, and one of the children are running spotlights for a show while the husband was in the opening scene and ran up to follow spots. And it's just, that's just who we are. And, uh, as, as families. And, uh, so that's very important to us. And, uh, but then our, our community itself, uh, we've tried to position ourselves as a regional entertainment attraction, but you can't get to the region unless you go through the local community. And so the local community has been very, very supportive uh, in their ticket buying through the years and uh, uh, coming out to see shows. And uh, we're not in a traditional theater town. So it makes it somewhat more difficult uh, to get creative uh with shows, you have to do more of the traditional shows that everybody wants to see. Sometimes that makes it harder to choose shows, but, uh, but yeah, the community uh, in all aspects from the media to, um, to the patrons is it, you can't do it without them. Nope. You're exactly right. Without the community, where would the theater be? You know, without the yep. audience, without the performers, what would be the point? You would just have a building basically. That's that's it's worthless without that without the people. Mm -hmm. That's for so sure. I've got a lot of people commenting, including some special friends of yours. Oh my goodness! Yes, you know you've got Kenton Nepper here. You have Karen Underwood. You have oh my goodness Ed Underwood, and you know oh I'm those looking. yes those two guys. You know, I just got to say that. Karen and Ed, I told you about the, the first Peter Pan that we ever did. Uh, Ed was my marketing director here for us uh, back in 2003 and 2004. And he came and said, hey, how would you like to produce Peter Pan? How would you like to own your own version of Peter Pan? And I said, that would be okay. Why? He said, I got somebody who would write it. Well, then Ed coordinated the writing. And then I said, but what we've got to do music. 
He says, we got that cover too. And so Karen uh, took off and started writing the music. And uh, between them and uh, the guy that wrote the show, we had our very first uh, production. And uh, Ed has continued to be very supportive. Uh, they left after a few years and moved on to Arkansas and Missouri and now hiding out in Phoenix and uh, rubbing their nice, comfortable temperatures in, uh, you know, on the rest of us. But, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, yeah. And, Hello, Ed and Karen. Yep. I always say whenever they send us a message in our, um, we have our buddy cast buddy aid uh, private chat. Whenever they rub their temperatures in our face, I always round up the people from the north and say, "Hey, we're from up here. We've we've dealt with negative degree weather. We can take them. You know, you can take them. Yeah, yeah. you know, you they they get very soft down there. Yeah, uh-huh. of course uh-huh. they they were rubbing it in last week when we were doing buddy aid, and uh, here we are at uh, I think that Thursday night. We were at about two or three degrees when we were doing it, and they were sitting in a, you know, a very balmy 70 degrees, you know. I know. That's okay. It'll mm-hmm. come back to haunt them someday. Exactly. Soon they'll get the snow, and we'll be we'll the ones. Yeah, That's they'll right. Be the ones, they'll be the ones getting the snow, and we'll just be the ones on the sidelines like, uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, we'll invite them to town right before the next storm hits. Mm-hmm. Love That's you funny. guys. Yes. And we love, at the same time, they're our friends, you know? They are. They loving are. Friendship. It's like that loving friendship that you know you can mess with them because they're your friends. Absolutely. Yeah. So that also, you bring up some, you bring up some good points I want to ask you about. Um, Texas has really just been dealing with a lot lately, you know, the bizarre weather, just all that stuff. How has that affected you personally? Well, you know, Life just happens, you know, and you just have to, you have two choices. You either get down about it and, and run and hide, or you, you take it face, face on and go with it. And, you know, when it came to the bad weather, here we are, we're needing the money, we're needing the cash flow to begin. And we have to cancel opening weekend after all this, this time, we have to cancel opening weekend of Matilda. But you know what? At the end of the day, the show still goes on and uh, you just learn to live through it. It's been a it has been a rough year. Uh, I tell I've told people recently that uh, as far as we're concerned, 2020 has never ended. And we're just going to call it we're not I, I choose not to call it 2021 yet because 2021 was supposed to be a good year. And it has started off pretty rough uh, in in some ways for us uh, personally. and. Uh, so we're we're going to wait for 2021 then and announce it uh, at some date in the future. Mm-hmm. It's 2020.1, you know. That's it. Like yep. the soft, like the new yep, software. We, like that's when you it. get those software updates on your computer, it's like yep. 409.1. That's it. We call it version uh, 2.0. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So another question from the audience: Just did not had an idea. What about an online play? Like, uh, have you ever thought of? going virtual for any shows by chance? You know, Nick, we, we've had different opportunities to do that. Uh, people have talked to us. There was a lot of our actors that started out doing some of that. And it's difficult to do that and mm-hmm. maintain what you really are trying to present. Um, people have had so much. Uh, and there, there was a lot of that they could do early on in the, in the pandemic. But we've started seeing a, a natural regression of people participating in those sorts of things because people are just tired of looking at the two dimensional uh, side of life and they're ready to get back out and experience it. And so we chose not to go the path that uh, uh, to, to, to recreate things for specifically for live streaming. Uh, and go to that much effort. Uh, we could have. It was just a lot of effort. And uh, we decided to focus on thinking about what we're going to do and preparing for the future rather than trying to to force something into it. Yes. And that's totally understandable. You know, a lot of people like to try those routes. A lot of people, they hold on to, like you, they hold on to that hope that they know one day everything's going to be the way we want it. Everything right. is going to, you know, just like my, just like a friend here says. It's hard to digitize the magic because you're right. That's, that's 100% right. You, there's a different feeling compared to 
all this online stuff compared to being there in real life, like church, for example. Mm -hmm. It's much different when you're sitting at your own house, just watching the live stream of mass compared to being in the physical building. Right. Everyone, or even not even like just even other things like being in a, you know, like when's the last time someone stepped into a movie theater, you know, now movies are coming out. You can have a movie night with your family because movies are coming out every two weeks or something right. like that. But, right. You know, and going right to your TV. But at the same time, there's like the aroma of popcorn or yeah. like the the feeling that you are just out there. Just even right. concerts, you know? It, it, it There's just, there are some things you can do online. You know, you can listen to somebody sing but you can't get that feeling of the impact of all the, all the lights moving, the video playing. There is far more to entertainment than just sitting there and listening and mm-hmm. watching. I mean, it's, it's a, it's all your senses all wrapped into one. And uh, uh, I think being in the live performance business uh, is something that is here to stay. And there's some aspects of it. Uh, I think uh, the operas, Metropop Met, has tried live streaming shows. And uh, I know they don't, and it, it, they do it in Wichita Falls. They just don't get a, a lot of uh, energy coming to the theaters to pay $38 to come see something that is on TV. Mm-hmm. And that's basically what it is. So uh, some things work that way, but I think people are going to, kind of getting tired of it. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I know the day they say you can go do this or whatever, you can go like back to movie theaters, you can go back to comedy clubs. Me as a as a practicing stand-up comedian, I yeah. would there's you're right, I can do stand-up comedy on Zoom or you can do it through this program, but there's still just just being at a club, just having the night out where you're you don't have to worry about everything else. Like you don't have to worry about who's causing that ruckus downstairs or who you know, or like you hear a car alarm going off and you're outside and is that mine or is that someone else's or, yeah. you know, like you could just turn off the phone for an hour. Just like, that's why I think honestly, theaters do that things like say, shut off your cell phones, not only just because you don't want to be in the middle of like a song or something and hear, but because honestly you shut off your phone because you want them to be in that moment. That's right. Exactly. Live in that time period. Like you, like yeah. I always, I always say whenever like I'm on a date or something, I always, you know, unless it's truly urgent, like unless there's a relative that's on their last breath or something like that, I always have my phone in my pocket for the majority of the time. And I'll just be like, you know what, if someone's calling me, if it's an emergency, they can leave a message. Right. It's-, it's just, we live such a, a busy, fast paced life uh, where we're stimulated all day long by things. And uh, there's just, you know, we we tell people and Ed used to share this uh, when he would MC a show, you know, it's just we're here to, to take your mind off of the mundane, the things of life for just give us two hours to help you relax and enjoy something other than your normal life. And that's what entertainment's all about is mm-hmm. an escape from reality. Yes, um, sir. And that's what, and you reminded me of something my uncle once told me. My uncle and me, one of my favorite activities to do with him is go fishing. And yeah. he, told, he told me one time, the reason I love fishing so much is for one or two hours a day, I don't have to worry about anything except catching a fish. I don't have to worry about work. I don't have to worry about what's going on in my family unless they, you know, unless they call me or something like that. I don't have to worry about, did I remember to do this? I don't have to, you know. I don't have to worry about what's on my to-do list when I get home. I'll worry about that when I get home. But now, all I have to worry yes. about is the fish. That's it. That's what theater is about. It's not about. Right. It's not about like, oh, what the, you know, are the kids okay? Or oh, uh, you know, I have to pay that bill when I get home, or I have to do this, I have to do that. It's just, I'm here. I'm watching the show. My only concern is if so and so is going to make it to the end or something, or mm-hmm. you know, yeah. it's like a murder mystery. Who's the murderer or something, you know? Yeah. Like, that's your only concern. You know, Disney has done it. Uh, I, I I love Disney. And it's mm-hmm. not because I love Disney shows. I love what the way they represent life. And, you know, if, if Disney can master the attention getting and the maintaining 
of adults. I mean, I, I guarantee you there's as many adults that enjoy going to Disney World, Disneyland as there are kids. Oh, yes. And the reason is that people like to go and be entertained. And we all want can be children internally or be that person that we aren't on the outside of the of the theater when we go on the inside. Mm-hmm. And uh, Disney's masters of, of entertaining and concentrating on adults as well as kids and bringing that whole dynamic together. So uh, yes. that's that's why we like to do. We're primarily a uh, family entertainment. Yeah, uh, we focus mostly on that. We leave some of the uh, true theatrical shows, uh, dramatics and things like that that are more uh, tied to the what I call the real theater world. Uh, to some of the others, because we're here to entertain the entire family most of the time. Yes. And you actually, speaking of Disney, you reminded me, there's two quotes I love by Disney. The first one is, if you can dream it, you can do it. Because remember, this whole thing started with a dream and a mouse. Yep. Yep. Exactly. I love love how it's fantastic. uh, Fantastic quote by Disney. Mm-hmm. And the second one is from, I saw it at the end of the movie, Meet the Robinsons. Keep moving forward. Yeah. You know, and, and you're right. We, when you watch this, it's, it's that state. It's like when you go to a play, when you become an actor on the stage, they, everyone says, when you become a performer, when you become an entertainer, like I used to be a professional clown. I've stepped away from the industry, but I still like clowning around every now and then. I still like, you know, doing silly things with friends and family. Right. There's a saying out there, you don't grow old, or you don't grow, um, what is it? You don't grow old because you stop, or you don't stop playing because you grow old. You grow old because you stop playing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That's a great, that's a great statement. Mm-hmm. And it's the truth. Like, you know, we all, like we all have that kid in our heart. Like we all have that kid that's, as much as we're excited to take our family to Disney today, you know, on the inside, you are jumping up and down because you get to right. something at the park, ride a ride at the park, see a character yeah. that you absolutely you just love. Like, you know, I know where Rafiki is. I'm going to go find him or something. Or, you know, is that Mickey over there? Let's go get him quick before the line forms. Yeah, we adults like to think uh, we have to hide that uh, that image as we take mm-hmm. our kids to see you know, so, you, but you don't, you know, you, you're out there, you're, you're anxious to have as much of that fun as, uh, as the kids are. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I think adults get just so much joy out of, cause that's why I think everyone does that Disney reveal whenever, like you see all those videos on YouTube when the adults like tell their kids they're going to Disney and, um, like they'll do something that like, they'll have like a pizza box or like they'll, right. the kids will wake up in the morning and then open this big gift and that will pop a million balloons and say like, we're going to Disney. I actually have a funny story about that. You'll love this. So my aunt is a big Disney fanatic and she has twin boys, my twin cousins. And the day, the first time she was going to take them to Disney, she's like, okay, we have a surprise for you. We're going somewhere. Where, where, where are we going? We're going to mommy's favorite place on earth. One of my little kids uh, looks up and goes, "Oh man, I don't want to go to no stinking club." <laughs> yeah, my, it's like yeah, my uncle had to leave the room. He was laughing so hard. Yep, yep. Uh, uh, they they don't know what we adults have really in our heart and our mind. And yes. if I could go play at, in Disney's uh, parks, uh, I I just live there. I mean, mm-hmm. who knows? I may retire and have to be a greeter. You know, by all means. Absolutely. Go be a character for a day, you know? Hey. Oh heck, forget the day. I'll go do it for a lot for a job, you know? Uh-huh. Matter of fact, something really interesting was one of our uh young ladies that uh, that played Peter Pan for us the very first time. After oh, she yes. went through school and this, that, and the other, ended up being a character at Disney World in uh in Orlando and spent mm-hmm. about uh, ten or twelve years doing mm-hmm. that. So yeah. You can go from Wichita Falls to Orlando's Mickey Mouse. Yeah. And I know a buddy of mine, a good buddy of mine that uh, I used to do some ministry work with, became Aladdin at Disney. Yeah. 
it's all it's all about what you put your heart to, you know. And it's those jobs. As much as it's hard work, because you have to stay in character, you have to do all that. At the same time, it's much rewarding when you can truly make a kid believe that you are, you know, that you are Peter Pan, that you are actually Peter right. Pan, that you are actually Aladdin. You're not Joe Smith. And so, you know, doing doing theater the way we do it here. We do a lot of the Disney shows, and uh, I always try to remind our young cast that remember when you are Belle or when you are the prince or whoever, that those kids that are lining up to get your autograph, they truly do believe mm -hmm. that you are the one and to remember that you represent the one and take it serious. And it means so much to those kids because they look up to these young actors, uh, even on a local basis. Because mm -hmm. they truly believe that this is, like you said, this is Cinderella. This is, mm -hmm. you know, Cogsworth or something. This, is, this isn't just Joe Smith. That's right. And most of all, they make, through those characters, they're the characteristics, they make a buddy out of it, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. They see Cinderella's story. They see how bad Cinderella is treated in the beginning. And then, bam, all of a sudden, Cinderella becomes royalty. They want mm -hmm. a lifestyle like that. They want to be, you know, going through all this hard work and everything, like going through all that. And then just to get the reward at the end. Or, yeah, you know, they see how someone like the Beast finds the love of his life. That's right. Yeah. Sometimes, yep. sometimes we feel that as adults, too. That's right. It's, uh, <laughs> you know... Disney, they're just, they're brilliant in how they get real life stories mixed into their children's stories. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's, that's how they draw adults as well as kids into the shows. I got to tell you, one of the things we discovered a number of years ago uh, in presenting the family shows, uh, and as you try to think about who you're marketing to, we discovered that we had as many grandparents bringing the grandkids as we did parents. And I stopped and asked them one time, I said, why do you do it? And they said, you know what? It gives us something to connect with our kid, our grandkids with. It gives us a conversation piece where we can come together. We may not understand soccer. We may not understand their classwork. But when we go to theater together, we have something to talk about around the dinner table that is common, whether there's a three-year-old, a five-year-old, or they're teenagers or young adults. Uh, we've had parents or grandparents bringing their grandkids since they were three or four years old. And now then they're 20 or 21 and they still come back to the theater together. So, you know, mm -hmm. that's very rewarding. Yes. And you're right. My, that's the connection I have with my grandparents. You know, I remember some of my fondest memories were going to watch, well, going to the movies or going to the theater with my grandmothers and just sitting there and just watching things or, you know, chatting with them about like, you know, going with my grandparents to Disneyland or to right. Disney World for their anniversary and just chatting about them. Like I know my, uh, like we took my grandparents there for their anniversary one year and it was just as magical for them as it was for us. So sure. you're absolutely right. Yeah. Yeah. So my next question for you is one I always ask all my buddies that come on to this, to this set, which is in your own words, what does it mean to be someone's buddy? You know, I've thought about that since you had mentioned that uh, you might ask that question. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I think it, it evolves around uh, trust and friendship and willingness to, to give along with that person and to connect. Uh, I think a buddy is somebody that you can count on, someone that is there uh, when the need arises. And that uh, you can just uh, have a conversation with about life uh, in general. So that would be my definition. Beautiful. Love it. Now, part of being a buddy is being a charitable buddy. I'm going to mix this question around for you, however. All Maybe right. I ask my buddies, you know, uh, what charity they would like our audience to donate to. But I'm going to ask you today, because you were our most recent buddy aid. Why? Would you be appreciate? How appreciated would you be if our buddies donated to the Wichita Theater? You know, uh, we, obviously, we'd be very appreciative. Um, we um, 
we've got two separate organizations internally. We have our kids organization uh, that is our youth performing arts company. And then we have our company that actually runs the major productions. My wife and I started the nonprofit uh, kids organization that's called For Kids Sake of Wichita Falls um, back in 2005 for the purpose of giving opportunities for kids to continue to learn, to present themselves on stage and not to become Broadway actors. Uh, that's not the goal. They may have a goal of that, but we, it is important to us to maintain an arena that our youth can learn how to present themselves publicly. We just had a recent story uh, that a family came up to, to me and the mom and dad, uh, I went to actually high school with them and, and their daughter who is now in law school had just called them the night before and said, I want, I just want y'all to know that I just did this at law school. And they didn't know, she didn't know that they were going to see us the next day. And they said, um, if I had not been on the stage in theater, I would have never been able to have accomplished what I just did today. And I'm assuming it may have been like a mock trial or something like that. And she hadn't been back on the stage since she was 16 years old or 17. But at 21 years old, she's still giving credit to a life skill that she learned. And so we like to tell anybody when you donate to the for, to our For Kids Sake organization, you're not you're not looking to help a kid go to Broadway. You're looking to help give a kid a life skill, whether it's being able to speak out in front of a class, do a job interview. Uh, another young former student was doing his oral exams for med school. He also told his parents he gave credit to to being on the stage and he was never a star, but he gave credit to his time on stage. And so if you can give, just know that that's what you're giving to, whether you give it to us or whether you give it to your local uh, children's uh, performing arts organization. Beautiful. And I love it. And you are 100% right. It's more than just acting skills. It's, it's life skills. It's it is managing situations. It's, being on time, it's knowing your cues, it's knowing, you know, like it's sometimes improv. It's, yeah. it's a whole mix and variety of things. So now you even learn, you yes. even learn on stage yes. circumstances, how to problem solve. I mean, what happens when your mic doesn't work? Do you panic? Do you uh, continue on? What happens if you miss a cue? What happens if your buddy misses a cue? What happens if the lights don't come up? You learn to attack challenges in life uh, from the stage. Nick, mm -hmm. I was raised an athlete. I, I played baseball, basketball, football, and soccer. In North Texas, you can do all of that. And uh, I, I never was on the stage. And I, when I first had to speak, I was scared to death. Um, but having to do it changed, changed my life and my abilities to do things. And, uh, you know, being on stage teaches you teamwork. Uh, you don't think about uh, being in a show is an athletic event. Well, mm. number one, it can be athletic, but the big part of it is it shows how a team plays together. You know, it's no different. It, it may not be a contact sport. You may not be hitting a ball or kicking it, but it is a, a, uh, an experience at teamwork. So there's a whole, there's a whole host of skills that go into being on stage. 100%. And you are right. It's not, a, it's not a sport, but it's still a team thing. It yeah. is still something that you must learn to get overcome circumstances. And that brings confidence because I've seen people, I've seen people who have never gotten in front of stage and I've seen like athletes. And then you see them in your public speaking class. And it's like this when they're speaking, Yes. Yeah. But then you see the guy who's been on stage since he was in grade school and he's talking like this in front of the class. He's getting the teacher involved. He's yeah. asking you personal questions. He's speaking like he, he could literally, he could literally just go with his, with those papers, toss them aside, right. and still know what he's going to say. That's right. That's right. It's, uh, I don't think there's any skill 
that if I could teach and encourage a parent that they should teach their kid more than how to publicly speak. Uh, I didn't do that. I didn't take speech in high school. I was that athlete. Uh, when I had my first uh, speech class in college, right out of high school, I had six people in my summer school class and I, I was scared to death to even open my mouth. And uh, my kids can't believe that anymore, but uh, it's, it's true mm-hmm. because I didn't have that experience. You know, they, you, all you did was listen to coaches and say, yes, sir. Uh, and uh, so, yeah, it's really neat. Mm-hmm. And as our buddy here says, you also make lifelong friends. That's exactly right. Mm-hmm. That connection, the yes. connection that you make um, on the theater stage is uh, our lifelong. We have many of them that became best friends. Uh, we've had folks that young adults that came together and married. Um, mm-hmm. My son, who works for me, met his now wife. Wow! On in our theater, uh, really? they both work technical, and uh, so yeah, you never know. Exactly, you never know. So this brings me to my final question of the night. But this is a two-part question. Okay. This is what we call the ultimate buddy cast buddy question. The first part of this question is for anyone who wants to own a theater one day, who has that dream, what is your advice to them? Don't. (laughs) We get that a lot. Yeah. You know, my advice is to understand what you're doing and uh, really have a purpose. Mm -hmm. Um, I told a group of, uh, uh, they were, Visiting town, they were a Texas uh, downtown association members, and they came in and they started. We we talked about uh, how many of them have old theaters in their town, and are they renovating them, or have they already renovated them? And I said, uh, if you haven't already done it, listen to me. Don't do it if you don't have a purpose. You know, you got to have a purpose. Mm-hmm. And it's hard. It's going to be hard to compete. It's going to be hard to make a difference if you don't have your purpose. And that's number one. Number two, have your funding lined up. Don't assume that because you open a theater, people are going to be beating down the doors. Uh, there's a lot of competition out there these days for people's entertainment. And uh, uh, but it is very fulfilling and very rewarding. Uh, two things that I like to see that makes my day. One is the smiles on our, the faces of uh, our audience when they walk out. And two is the, the folks on the stage going, this is not my career. This is something I love doing. And they come back and they create those friendships. So those are the two things that are important to me. Yes. And just a side note, you just nailed the entire way I feel about BuddyCast, but this isn't my career. I'd love it if it was my career, but this is something I love doing. And this is where I make my friendships. Yep. You have to be passionate about anything you're going to put your time in or you don't need to do it. Because as soon as you lose the passion, it it goes away and Mm -hmm. everybody knows it. When you lose the passion, it becomes a job. Uh, And I don't like jobs. Just ask my wife. (laughs) So the final piece of advice I'm going to ask you for today, and I think you're going to nail this part. For anyone who wants to become a performer, who wants to get on stage, but is just looking for that push, what have you got for them? Go for it. Just go for it. You know, it's life is too short to have regrets. Um, my daughter had always, since she was eight, she was a, adopted as an Oompa Loompa when we lost an Oompa Loompa in uh, Willy Wonka. And she had, we needed someone and she got thrown into it. We said, you need to do this. And then she never stopped, but she had a dream. And that dream was to go to New York or go to Orlando. And a former producer, co-producer of ours who passed away three years ago, told her while you're young, go for it. So you have no regrets. So if you think you want to do something, you know what? Don't live with regrets. We all live with regrets of things we wished we had done. Just go do it. 
suck it up and go do it. Mm, mm. And don't let anybody tell you, you can't, if it's a dream of yours, it's yours. Go for it. I've had parents say, my child doesn't want to do anything, but be at the theater. What do we do? They talk about going to Broadway. They talk about wanting to perform professionally. What do you tell them? I, t- I tell the parents, leave them alone. Life is, it's, it, there's worse things they could do than be at the theater. And life is going to take care of itself. The day's mm-hmm. going to come. They'll turn 18 and they're going to have other choices. But let them enjoy the dream while they have the opportunity. Mm-hmm. You reminded me of one of my favorite motivational quotes from the movie, The Pursuit of Happiness. If you have a dream, you got to protect it. You can't let anyone else tell you that you can't do something. That's right. Go get it. Period. I had people tell me, Dwayne, you're foolish. When we did that, started this 26 years ago. You're foolish. May have been. But it's made a difference in our lives and it's made a difference in a a whole lot of other people's lives in 26 years. And that is and I wouldn't exactly, trade it. And that is exactly what I want my life passion to be. Yeah. I want yeah, my life absolutely. passion to be just looking back and just having people like I always I always think to myself at my funeral, I don't want people coming up to my wife or to my, you know, to my family or something and say, you know, giving them all the, you know, oh, he's in a better place or he, you know, we're here if you need anything. I want them and coming up doing what majority of people did at my grandfather's funeral, which was coming up and saying, because of that man, I am where I am today. Like because of that guy, yeah. I have what I have today. Like had that man not been here at this place at this time, or had he not right. like encouraged me to do this or something, I would have yeah. never done this or that. So how do you live your life and what is your purpose? That's Yes. That's it in a nutshell. Yes, that is a perfect note to end on. Yeah. Thank you so, so much for being a buddy here on BuddyCast. Stick Thank around you. Afterwards, we'll chat. Absolutely. But for Absolutely. All well, thanks here, for having me. Yes, 100%. And you're always welcome back. Please know hey, that you are would always, love, to, love to come back. If you ever need to, to promote a show, if you ever need to just chat or just say, you know, something, just shoot me a message. You're you got it. official buddy. So You got it. You got yes. it. For all my buddies out there, this is my buddy, Dwayne Jackson. Thank you for being a buddy on BuddyCast today. And I have one favor to ask you before we end the show. Please go be someone's buddy today. That's it. Yep. We'll catch you all next time here on BuddyCast. Well, the days are going fast. Buddy, buddy, we've got to make them last. Yes.